between Howard and Jack, uh, I think they just talked about me, and, and I don't even know if that song came up. It's just like, this guy's wild, man. Like, he's crazy or something. And that's all I remember. And then they asked me if I would mind, and I said, obviously, I didn't care. And I still, like, you know, people today will bring up fights from either Syracuse or Vancouver when I got it called up and they're always playing wild thing and they and then it's great because I get to always reference Howard and, and the, the Syracuse Crunch. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favalli and this is Crunch Chronicles presented by Wendy's. Thanks so much for listening to the season two premiere of the show. And what a way to kick off the new season. We think you'll really enjoy our guest today. He's someone who was immensely popular when he donned a crunch sweater during the 1994, 1995, and the 95-96 seasons. Of course, we're talking about wild things, Scott Walker. He amassed 334 penalty minutes in the 1994-95 season, which still stands as the second most in a single season in franchise history. In total, Walker played 89 games over the two seasons, collecting 67 points and 386 penalty minutes. He also added 17 points in the 1996 Calder Cup playoffs when the Crunch went on a great run and advanced to the conference finals. Walker went on to play 829 career NHL games for the Vancouver Canucks, Nashville Predators, Carolina Hurricanes, and Washington Capitals before retiring in 2010. He continues to be heavily involved in hockey to this day. We'll discuss that and a whole lot more on the show here today. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, first of all, great to be back and talking about Syracuse Crunch and Syracuse Hockey. It's uh uh, near and dear to my heart, as you know. Um, right now, I'm uh, head coach of the Guelph Storm, uh, part owner and president of the team. And uh, still at home, kids are off. One's playing here in Guelph, one of my daughter's first year of university, so getting close to empty nesting. Oh, there you go. It's uh, it's an exciting time of the year, as you know. As we talk, uh, you're getting ready for that season in Guelph. I know you've had some preseason games already. Uh, you know, it's your first year back in Guelph as the head coach. Last year, you were in Vancouver. Uh, what's I guess what's it been like to to, to get right back there? Uh, you know, you, you joined Vancouver early on last year. What's it like to be back in Guelph though once again? Well, I mean, listen, I love Vancouver. It's similar to Syracuse, you know, they were they were affiliated back then, and so it's my first two teams, and near and dear to my heart, being drafted there. But it's a long ways from home. It's like a five-hour plane ride, so it's not like people could jump on a plane and come see you for the weekend, or jump on the car and come see you for the night for dinner. And my wife didn't come, my kids didn't come. So at almost 50 years old now, it's it's you know not conducive to the, the lifestyle I wanted to live, and I enjoyed my time. I helped them out for the, the second half of the year, like I committed to doing, and. Um, and I just, uh, like I said, uh, we, I just stepped down to come here, but also left with good terms. I mean, Jimmy Rutherford's been a lifelong friend and Bruce Boudreau, I played for him and have the utmost respect and had a great time working with him. But, uh, uh unfortunately it's just hard when you're 50, I think most people would understand and living in an apartment, uh, downtown and it all sounds good until you're there and your family's at home and three hour time change. And it was just. It was it was taxing, I would say. It's not like you were new to coaching last year. Of course, you've coached in Guelph before. You've you've been around. What what did you learn from that experience, though? Uh, just from the coaching side, if anything that you can you know take back to Guelph now. Well, just I think Bruce does a great job communicating. Right, like the coaching's tough. Right, you're just 
you're trying to get people to do things and, and a team to do things that you want and individuals want to have success too. So they have their own kind of mindset and to try and get it all to drive together. Sometimes it gets a little tough and rough and you have some tough choices on the bench and in the dressing room and uh, sometimes have words or, or uncomfortable situations where, you know, Bruce showed me that the next day having a guy in or having the men once a week check in, just make sure everything's good. You're on the same page and that, you know, it's not personal. It's just, you know, what happens during games sometimes. One last thing before we uh, shift our focus to uh, to Syracuse, of course, you, you mentioned your kids and you mentioned your son, Cooper. They're playing in Guelph. What's what's that going to be like, the opportunity to be with him every day and get a chance to coach him on the ice? I think it's a unique opportunity. It'll be fun as last year junior, and hopefully I get to be around and watch it. But the problem is, is uh, you're not sure he's going to love it, but we'll see. I've coached him a long time, and he's off at Calgary's uh, rookie camp right now, so we're excited about that for him. But uh yeah, you know, it's a unique opportunity. It's it's not always easy, as most people would tell you, but um, we'll see, and uh, hopefully it works out. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's really neat for sure, and like you said, hopefully it all works out well for you and for him. Uh, Scott Walker, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles, will shift now uh, our focus to your uh, season and a half or so with the Crunch as we uh, – dive back into the very beginning of the crunch 1994-1995 before we dive into that season uh, as a whole uh, just the general thoughts I guess on your uh, your time spent in Syracuse first of all I loved it I loved the city I mean it was really my first time moving away from home uh, it was just tremendous first of all the people were great to me uh, the community the hockey community they really loved this crunch we had the crunch faithful and uh, uh, you know they really I don't know it just they made you feel like part of the family. If you've seen them out at the restaurant or whenever we did events, uh, they'd always come up and talk to you. And it wasn't always about hockey. It was about life and in general. But, you know, real working community, uh, working man's mentality. And I think that's why I enjoyed my time there. And I think that's why they enjoyed myself. Yeah, it was you know, that unique time for a new organization. Uh, you know, the city getting AHL hockey back for the first time in quite a while. You were with the Canucks with Hamilton the year prior, and uh, you know that was we. The story's been pretty well told about how things were a little up in the air, I guess, with Hamilton as that season was moving along, and obviously ended up here in Syracuse. The lead up to though that that ninety four ninety five season, it just kept building and building. What was for you? Going into that summer, going into Syracuse that next year, new city, new place. What was the vibe like for you as you headed into this uh, this new venture here with the Crunch? Well, yeah, you, the unknown is always tough, right? You're not sure where to live. You're not sure how to get around. And uh, the, the arena, the facility, the university, big thing there. And just weren't sure how we were going to be accepted. And, and obviously a lot of anticipation. But as soon as you get there and you see the arena, like you just, you just love it. You just felt at home. The, the rink for me was... That's my kind of style, right? The fans are right on top of you. And they love the rough and tumble hockey, and and I like doing it. So it's always more fun when people are passionate about it. And uh, uh, just the history and the, the War Memorial, is, is, I don't know, it's just it's always going to hold a special spot in my heart for sure. That opener, there was so much fanfare and you know everything that went on. The the Howard Dolgan went all out for that opener and, and made it such a great show. What you know, what do you remember from just the lead up with the build up to that that first game and and just the reaction from the fans and the city and just how quickly the the groundswell continued uh, with the support not only that first night but throughout the course of the year. Well, I really remember the the wall of. Um, styrofoam ice and, and crunch man coming through there and then they had i think they had crunch kids and all this other stuff it was 
it was just entertainment. And obviously the way I played my style was I love to entertain. I, I still think the game is entertainment and uh, it should be exciting and uh, should be up tempo and fast and lots of goals. And back in the day it was adding a lot of fighting and uh, that's kind of, kind of going out of the game, but still it's like, exciting when it happened. And I remember the the big time boxer, I think it was at Riddick Bow yep. game. And uh, that was cool. And just, there's tons of, yeah, glitz and glamour and uh, the red carpet and the whole thing, but it, it just made you feel special. And and like I said, I've, I've, I still have friends that I talk to uh, from Syracuse from my short time there, but that's how much it meant to me. I still uh, talk to a few people that uh, still mean a lot to me. How much of a difference was it from, you know, that year you had in Hamilton to then coming to Syracuse? And as we said, you know, clearly, I guess the writing was on the wall with Hamilton as that year was progressing, and, and they've certainly done well in the OHL, and, and they're a strong market still. But just the difference going from Hamilton to Syracuse and, and just how how the vibe, I guess, it was, it was all brand new for, for Syracuse at that point, just the, the feeling uh, in the city and, and for you guys in the dressing room. Well, for me, it was huge, right? I, I lived about half an hour, 25, half an hour away from Hamilton. So I lived right at home with my family, my parents still. So it was, that was unique, that, uh, not, not to have to live on your own. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I think Vancouver to Hamilton is, again, like we talked about with my situation, it's five hours away. Like, I don't know if there's a connection to the NHL team. So I think that made it tough. We didn't have a ton of fan support. Like, literally, I probably had the most fans of anybody because I lived so close so my buddies and family would come and you could spot them out anywhere you know like, there's my sister my best friend and so coming to Syracuse and, and playing the style we did and, and getting the fans in there I mean honestly it really did help me I mean it was we did it in Hamilton I did it and I think I had a lot of family minutes that year and fought but sure it's more fun when you get people cheering and, and playing the music I know Howard likes to play the wild thing and, and it, it just you know, took off in there. Yeah, though I was going to get to the wild thing, but since you mentioned it, how, <laughs> is do you how did that come about? Was it a Howard thing? Do, were you involved in this? It just became it blew up, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think between Howard and Jack, uh, I think they just talked about me, and, and I don't even know if the song came up as just like this guy's wild man, like he's crazy or something. And that's all I remember. And then they asked me if I would mind, and I said obviously I didn't care. And I still like you know people today will bring up fights from either Syracuse or Hamilton or Vancouver when I got it called up and they're always playing wild thing and they and then it's great because I get to always reference Howard and and the, the Syracuse crunch yeah and I think uh, you were back in town like we said uh, a couple of years ago and I think that was played when you were introduced of course uh, you, you talk about the year you had uh, in uh, in 94-95 all the numbers you had you know 14 goals 52 points and 334 penalty minutes which was uh, tied for the team lead that year which is amazing when you think about it these days that that only tied for the team lead but on the ice what was it like for you and, and what do you remember from just the on ice side of things for you that first season well, first of all, I had some great coaches. You know, Jack McElhargy was amazing. We had Kirk Fraser. Um, you know, it was just, they were kind of guys that were same thing. If you came and worked hard and, and, you know, they obviously they didn't mind the fighting. They both fought in their day, but they also were players, right? And and I think that's what I feel like, uh, you know, became more of a, an all-around player with them. I mean, getting 54 points and 14 goals as a defenseman and then fighting 300, I mean, that's hard to do. I really believe, you know, when you're going through it, you don't think about it. But now when you're a coach and you're a manager and trying to put together a team, those things are hard to find. You know, you're either going to find a guy who plays hard or a guy that gets points. It's hard to find the guys that uh, will play both both styles. 
You certainly did. And, and like you said, that the rough and tumble, not shying away from things, certainly endeared you to the fans. You know, how important was that for you to do that and, and make that connection with the fans that year? And, and you clearly weren't <laughs> fighting just to do that for, for sure, but it didn't hurt. That's uh, There's no doubt about no, that. No, no, no. No, you're absolutely right. And and obviously, I love the entertainment. I love that the fans got into it. But I also didn't pick my spots. I pretty much fought anybody. And some of the guys I look back that I fought, I think I must have been crazy, you know, like Oh, obviously, it must have been. But I did it to protect my teammates. But to be honest with you, I did it to make it to the NHL. I, mean, I remember my getting drafted by Vancouver. Pat Quinn shook my hand, looking down at me as the big man he was. And and then, obviously, George McPhee was assistant GM. And, you know, it you, you doesn't take you long to study up that they, they want hard players. And they're looking at me like, look at this guy. He's five foot ten at the most on his toes. Um, gets lots of points in junior, but uh, he can't play defense for us. He, you know, he's not tough enough. He's not going to be hard enough to play in the NHL. And so I just tried to adapt that style. And, and let me tell you, you don't just adapt it. And uh, you have to like it. You have to be good at it. And uh, somehow it just came together. And it, uh, it was a good connection. So I don't want anybody to think I just was out there fighting to, to please the fans. That uh, was just a bonus. And I was actually fighting to, to get a career in hockey and uh, ended up working out okay. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And you mentioned, you know, protecting your teammates. And, and we, we've had, as we alluded to already, a, a good group of you guys here uh, back. It was celebrating the 25th anniversary of that uh, first season uh, a few years ago. And the Crunchers celebrating their 25th anniversary season. Guys like uh, John Baduke and, and Mike Fountain, uh, they're all here. Uh, we had John Baduke on the podcast in uh, season one last year, and uh, he was talking about the, you know, the the classic fight in the penalty box in the preseason against Rochester. I don't know if you were in that game or whatever, but talk about that group as a whole that, you know, you're coming to a new city. Yeah. The group obviously... That you was know, a lot of fun. Yeah. I, mean, I think Jason Christie was part of it, Smurf and uh, uh, Reggie Savage. We had such a good time, you know, uh, Big Bad John and uh, the song plan and uh, we had a tough team. We had a lot of fun. I mean, remember the rivalries with Albany. We used to battle them all the time, the Binghamton Rangers. Uh, just the amount of the battles we had and, and the, how close that team was and, and having Jack and Kurt there. and It was, just, it was, it was really, really a lot of fun. It was, it, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it's kind of similar when I went to Nashville in the expansion draft. When you go to a new place, there's not like that there's not those people like on the team. Sometimes you go to a team, they already have their friends from the city or their own little community or own little, the cliques. When you're all coming in together, you really stick together. You know, we did a lot of things, uh, toboggan and, and, you know, remote control plane flying after, you know, just did a lot of fun things. And I think that's what made it such a special year. Uh, And that year as well, you know, you do get, you kind of alluded to it. You get to the NHL. You played eleven games with the Canucks that year. What you know? Do you what do you remember from your debut? Where were you? You know, what when did you get the news? I guess first of all that you were getting the call, yeah. and and uh, what was your debut like? I think that was the year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was a lockout, like partial lockout for the NHL, and we played. And so I remember we finished our season. I went home, and I was sitting downtown. I can vividly remember it. I was sitting downstairs in my mom and dad's basement, and. Uh, they had just got a new hot tub down the basement. And uh, so I was kind of in there just hanging out, relaxing. And, and then I got a phone call and they said, hey, do you want to, which was George McPhee, do you want to come up to Vancouver? And obviously, I guess I want to. And so they still had 11 regular season games left. And they said, okay, well, do you mind playing right wing? I said, absolutely not. And so that's, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. But I played defense my whole career. And then my first game in the NHL was right wing. And I played right wing for the rest of my career. So, 
but yeah, totally remember that day. And obviously remember my time. I remember so many things about Syracuse vividly. And I remember that day vividly too. You get, like you said, those 11 games up there with the Canucks at the end of the year. You come back to Syracuse for 15 games the following year. You get 15 points in 15 games. You spend most of that year with the Canucks, of course. But uh, anything that stands out from your second season in Syracuse? Well, because I remember that too vividly. I got sent down. We lost in Washington badly. And uh, and then the trade deadline, I think, came. And we, we flew to Chicago and... And they pulled me uh, like over when we were checking in Chicago that I was sent down. And obviously, as a young player, you're crushed. You think your career is over. And uh, obviously, upset. You call home, call your mom, dad, talk to them. My dad's like, just well, just, you know, pick your chin up and, you know, get going. And so then next day, I talked to Jack McArgy and he said, hey, we're excited to have you. And I know it's a tough day, but, you know, uh, you can sulk and be sad today. And, once you get here, we expect you to be a player. And I'm telling you right now, I try to tell this to young players. I could have went down there and sulked and, and been a jerk, and I can guarantee you I wouldn't have been back in the NHL. But I went down there, and I gave every bit of me to that team. And we, like you said, I had 15 points in 15 games. We had a great playoff run. I mean, Rochester had a unbelievably stacked, almost a minor NHL team, basically. <laughs> And we did a heck of a job. I think we beat out, uh, was it uh, Baltimore? Yeah, Baltimore. Yep, yep. And somebody else. What a run. What a great group, too. I I remember that. Playing as it was, uh, it was yesterday. And uh, what a great group that was. But I I really believe that's what made my career. We can talk about the year, first year. But if I would have came down there and hung my hat, I really try to explain this to young kids and young people in general. If you have a tough time and you're just going to, you know, woe me and and let, you know, dwell on that, then you're not going to move on, whether it's a regular job or, it's uh, you know, getting called up and down to the NHL or any sport. Uh, I feel like that was the real big turning point in my career. Yeah, how, I never went back down after that. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, you know, how valuable that what is for you even these days, especially as a coach, where you you have that experience and you can deliver that message with some authority. That you know, it, it's not the end of the world if if it's not going your way at this point, but you, it's how you respond to that. Absolutely, and uh, obviously, my dad and Jack Magari were so influential in that, like right, because they were the ones who pointed that out. And, Fortunately enough, I was smart enough to take the advice and, and come in there, and I think we came out flying. Uh, you know, that was, that was pretty darn good 15 games for me, and, and I still fought. Like, a lot of guys will get sent down and say, well, I'm not fighting in this league, or I'm not going to do this. I fought Denny Lambert lots, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and then end up playing with him. So I have lots of great memories, but 100% the reason I made it to the NHL was those 15 games. And I know we can say, well, what about the games in Hamilton and the games in Sur- Yeah, they all mat up. That, that 15 game changed my career for sure because I could have went one way and I, I decided to go the right way and, and everybody believed in me. And I think the Vancouver Canucks also also appreciated it. Well, certainly a great message for anyone listening to this uh, or or whatnot as well, just to, to keep that in mind. Scott Walker, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. You've mentioned a couple names who we want to kind of touch on. We'll start with, uh, of course, Howard. Uh, Howard Dolgan, the owner of the Crunch. He was behind all of it at the start. Now, what was Howard like then? We already alluded to and, and talked about the wild thing. But, you know, how how instrumental was he uh, at that point? And, and uh, you know, what do you remember from Howard then? And as obviously he has continued to keep this team around now, we're heading into year number two. 29 well I, I still love chatting with him i don't talk to him near enough but 
what a great human being. The energy he has, the passion he has for the team, the city of Syracuse, it doesn't go unnoticed by the players. Like he, he, he makes you want to play. He doesn't ever tell you you got to be better and get out of you. He was always just so excited about the game and the, the product and the entertainment and the city. You just, whenever you're around him, he's, he just gives you, he gives off such a great vibe that you, you want to go out and, and be excited about being there. And I've talked to him, obviously, like the last time I was there. And he's, he's just a true gentleman and a true sportsman. And honestly, he's, he's a guy that I, I hope that I have a lifetime friendship with, too. Yeah, it's just been so instrumental to to the success of this team in this city for so long. Uh, the other guy who was a big part of getting the team here in the first place is George McPhee, who was the Crunch's first general manager. Uh, he's been a longtime hockey guy. What was what was George McPhee like back then? And and I'm sure there's no surprise that he's been such a successful uh, uh, manager in the NHL. Yeah, George is amazing. Very similar to uh, Howard, just a different way. Like he's passionate about the game and the development of his players and and play the right way and be an honest person and uh, you know good things will happen and uh, obviously things great in his life have happened and he's, he's done some great things in the game and and will continue to so he's also a guy i talk to a lot he's a, a lifelong friend and and somebody i look up to greatly and they both are for different reasons one on a business side and the entertainment side and the other one on the hockey management side and uh, um, but both of them i mean they for sure, uh, you know, blood Syracuse, uh, crunch and the city, right. They, uh, they sure, you know, like lots of owners, uh, Howard has been through the thick and thin and ups and downs. And, and you know, he's never, uh, never that I know of wanted to ever move. Like he's just, he's just made, you know, lots of owners get involved and then they want more and more and more. And he's just, He's just done more and more and more, not asked for more and more and more. That is a very good description of him, and, and I don't know if there's an owner in the AHL who wants to win more than Howard Dolgan either, and, and the the quest continues for that Calder Cup uh, that he is so uh, so eagerly desiring. You talked about being back in Syracuse and chatting with him, and, and we talked about the reunion here a couple of years ago. Uh, what was it like to be back in the city then and, and to see the upgrades to the building? That was the year, the I think, the suites were introduced, a new scoreboard. Just uh, what, was, you know, what was it like to step back in this building and see what it looks like as of a couple uh, years ago really now well, it's really cool because there's lots of things that are the same and then there's lots of new things and uh, the lights and i think the, the scoreboard and uh, yeah you're right there's the big suite at the end and the uh, entertainment there but the dressing room you still you know they've done some changes but you still felt like it was you could pick out where you sat and how you came out through the crowd and and the training room and just you know coming in the, the regular foyer it was it was it was something special. You don't, you don't, you know the smells and 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 the, the feeling you get when you walk into a building. That that does never change. How much of an advantage was it in this building for your first couple of years? I mean, it's it's historically been everyone talks about it. Such a difficult place to play as an opponent. We know the the visiting dressing room is not the uh, the prettiest, uh, but uh, from the home side, you, you got such a great advantage with the fans. I and mean, you've you've touched on the fans a bit already, but just how valuable they were uh, for you on the ice, off the ice, just being in the community and and, yeah. and everything they provided. Well, well, they make it tough. You know, it's not a friendly place. They're not cheering for the other team. That's for sure. They're uh, they're hard on the other team the glasses i always remember that's where the glass would really rattle and and really move a lot and i I think that makes it you know exciting for the fans to see but it also makes it you know you know uh, daunting for the visiting team when they start hearing their glass rattle around and they're like oh god this is gonna be a long game tonight and and then the crowd's on the 
a different game now, I understand, but it's still a tough place to play because, I mean, obviously friends with the coach, the head coach there now, and uh, um, uh, Benny Grew, and I coach with them at the World Juniors. And so I, I know you guys are going to have some great success and uh, be the first one there when they make it to the Calder Cup championship game. Yeah, I, I didn't realize you'd coach with Ben. What, what's, uh, you know, what, what, from your perspective, what's Ben like? I, obviously, we've seen him here for a number of years already and how successful he's been with his team. But, you know, what, from your perspective, what, what does Ben do well as a coach? For me, Ben is, you know, he's a great tactician. He's a great coach. He's won at every level. He's won the world on the world stage. And he's, uh, you know, he's, he's got some great game plans and he also knows how to get his message across to players. So to me, he's a great communicator and uh, uh, very dedicated to his craft. That's for sure. And uh, exactly, you know, he was a French Canadian when I um, coached with him and, Sometimes you wonder if the language barrier is going to be tough, and he was like uh, unbelievable with us. Uh, you know, he took us in, and just like we were one of his own, and uh, we worked. We I think probably one of the best coaching staffs I've ever been on. It's Dave Lowry and myself and him, and uh, we had Freddie Brathwaite as a goalie coach, and it was just I mean honestly probably one of the top three four moments in my life was coaching with that group. So uh, I, I love seeing Benny, and he always has time for us. And, I think Syracuse can be in a better spot than have Benny Grew running. And actually, Jules Bouchard. Yeah. I coached with him at under 17, so he was my assistant at that time. And, and another great human being and, and passionate about the game and, and want to develop. It's, a, it's great to win, but you also have to develop. And I think they both have a, a great eye on that. Yeah, that is something they really do focus on. And, and you're right, the cruncher in great hands with both of those guys and the rest of the coaching staff as well. Uh, Scott Walker, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. Scott, we'll let you run uh, in just a moment. Just, I guess, one final closing thought or uh, story or whatever it is about your time uh, in Syracuse. Oh, well, I can tell you, I remember lots of days of coming out. I think we lived out in Baldwinsville, if I correct me if I'm wrong. That's out there. And we lived near on a golf course. Um, obviously, we weren't golfing, but I remember coming out many days and there would be two feet of snow on my car and coming from Canada you think we have a lot of snow everybody bugs us i never seen snow like I did in Syracuse so uh, it was a lot of fun and it made you feel like you're in hockey town but th- those days of clearing off two feet on your car was something else and that has not changed here there is uh, nothing nothing new in that uh, in that department unfortunately <laughs> well Scott Walker we appreciate the time here I know you're super busy with uh, with your season right around the corner so thanks for giving us uh, some time here today uh, and thanks for reminiscing in your time in Syracuse and, and good luck this year in Guelph. All right, guys. Thanks for having me anytime. I love talking Syracuse hockey. There he is, Scott Walker. We thank him for giving us the time amid his very busy schedule as he prepares for a new season with the OHL's Guelph Storm. Now, Guelph is expected to be one of the main contenders in the OHL this season. Good luck to Wild Thing and the Storm this year. If you have any Scott Walker stories, we'd love to hear them and share them on an upcoming episode of the show. You can send in a voice memo to me via email, lfavali at syracusecrunch.com. Just record it on your phone, email it to me, and we'll share it on an upcoming episode of the podcast here in the next couple of weeks. But that'll do it for the show this week. Thanks again to Scott Walker for joining us. For all of us at the Syracuse Crunch, I'm Lucas Favali saying so long for now. We'll chat again next week on another episode of Crunch Chronicles.